0: Hobby addicts It's time for Hobby Addict. And now here are your anime addicts.
1: everybody and welcome to Hobby Addicts. This is Hobby Addicts number 163. We're really getting up there in these. And I am your host, Geek, talking to you from the nice and cool Denver, Colorado, where um, it is no longer hot and mosquito infested. And I'm loving life every day. It's, it's beautiful. And uh, also beautiful, we have the lovely Mandy calling in from Cincinnati. Mandy, how are you?
0: Hello. I'm doing good. I feel like it's been ages since I've been on a Hobby Addicts (laughs) episode.
1: Well, we missed it.
0: (laughs) It's been like a month now.
1: We missed it last week (laughs) because it was my fault. I'm trying to get things settled here with the tech. But, um, and not to be forgotten, we also have Mason, who I think is up in Connecticut.
2: That's quite right.
1: How are you, my friend?
2: Oh, I'm feeling beautiful myself. Oh, Uh, it's No, it's very nice weather up here. We, uh... We've been paying for it during the weekday, but that's fine because I'm working. So, the weekends have been nice, so dig in it. Well, Our
0: weather is awful. It has been nothing but thunderstorms all week. Yesterday was really bad.
1: Well, but thunderstorms so we
0: don't lose connection later on.
1: They're so nice to listen to, though, like when you're going to sleep.
0: No, it keeps me up. Oh, when I'm sleeping. oh
1: no. Okay, well. <laughs> all right, well, I, I have... I have very vast and exciting Colorado adventures to discuss with you guys today, but I don't want to hog all of the fun. So I think I should go last in the list here, um, because I like borderline nearly died this over the uh, on Friday. So I would like to, I would like to have you guys talk about the things that you want to talk about first. And um, of course, here on Hobby Addicts, we like to discuss our hobbies and interests outside of anime. And we bring that to you guys and uh, as, a th- as a big thank you for helping to support the podcast. So I know we're going to have some good stuff because I'm reading it here off the dock. So Mason, oh, Mandy, shit. which one of you want to... Mason wanted? should go
0: first because oh. I want to hear about Enter the Gungeon because oh, I've boy. wanted to buy that for a while.
2: I've looked at a
0: lot of gameplay and I really want to play this.
2: I've been meaning to pick this game up for a while now. So I think it came out back in 2016. Yeah. And then in 2017, it's kind of been like... Sent off to the different consoles and platforms, but actually, right now, I know I might get some hate for this, but it's free on uh, the Epic Game Store. So oh, not really? Was, yeah. Cool. So that so it's normally you know a fifteen dollar game, and for this week, I think like another week and a half, you can just pick it up for free. Wow! So, so if you finally, get it
0: free on Epic, how do you play it? Like, what is the client that uses to play it? Do you just download it?
2: Yeah, you just download a local copy. Oh, okay. You have it. And uh, why would you get hate for that though? Because there's it... been some pushback in the PC market of the Steam versus Epic games, like Launcher Wars, and kind of the practices that Epic games have been using to kind of get a foothold in the marketplace. But uh, as okay. someone who is very not invested into the Steam account and that culture, uh, I have no ties to either one and if you offer me a free game that i've been meaning to play this is a great excuse yeah for on board. oh Definitely. do you
0: have to download the epic games client to use it
2: yeah so I that... think it's the same with gotcha. steam. Okay. you'll download that and then through that you launch it
0: i haven't used it so maybe well, it's really shitty i don't know <laughs> as someone who has
2: not made any purchases and have to deal with the whole like lack of a cart and lack of a wish list and lack of a lot of features that steam has to offer I just jump on. I pick the game. I play the game. I've been having a gotcha. fun time with it. I awesome. uh, I got it because I, you know, played a lot of Binding of Isaac, and this is a little similar, a little faster paced, and just a little more quirky. And it has a fantastic soundtrack, and I've been digging it. I've been more
0: quirky than Binding of Isaac.
2: <laughs> it's a different kind of quirk. I mean, you okay, essentially okay. everything in this dungeon is a gun including guns that are shaped like bullets, which shoot gun-shaped guns? bullets.
0: I'm looking at them. They're really cute. <laughs> it's
2: it's just an adorable aesthetic that it completely commits to, and it's been fun. And I think I like it more than Isaac, to be honest. Mm. The story and like themes of it aren't as deep, but I think it's just don't, doesn't literally have that biblical scope. But I think also... Yeah. I just haven't got that far into it because I'm not good at these kind of games. So. I'm, I'm
1: looking at a picture here of this game, and I don't quite understand what I'm looking at. It looks like, from my perspective, there's five or six uh, yellow earplugs wearing hats shooting, gu- <laughs> shooting guns at each other, and I don't understand what's happening. Is this a multiplayer game,
2: or are these
0: enemies... So, I like believe a dungeon crawler. Yeah, it's a roguelike
2: dungeon crawler, so mm-hmm. it's procedurally generated... Environment. So each room is, like, designed specifically, and then they're arranged, they're stitched together randomly, and mm-hmm. you have to venture deeper and deeper into this uh, literally dungeon to defeat bosses, get more loot, upgrade your guy, and then every time you die, you lose everything and start back, back at the beginning with oh the my whole God. thing. But it's essentially, it's a bullet hell game, so it's constant, it's like almost twin stick, where you're moving one direction, you're shooting another, you're rolling, you're I think I think there is local co-op. I haven't tried it yet. But it's it's very much pick up and play. You can play for you know five, ten minutes, die, be done, and just keep on ramming your head against the wall, or you know, get 30, 60 minute runs in where you're almost making it to the end. Where it's your player doesn't get better from run to run, it's more of you get better run to run. And hmm. I know, it's pretty fun so far.
1: have you had have you had a case where you've built up your guy and you're and you're feeling pretty badass and then you get bumped off by you know by some enemy that you don't expect and you get really pissed off and you have to go back to starting with nothing
2: um yes, obviously uh, <laughs> i guess I guess the bigger thing is the issue with that kind of thing is does it feel like it's your fault or the game's fault so that's where you get situations like dark souls where you die but you always feel like it's in your hands, or you had the opportunity to avoid it, so it doesn't feel cheap. This okay. game, I'm just not good enough yet to have a good sense of that. But overall, every time you lose, you look inward more than <laughs> blaming the game. So. You
1: you look inward upon yourself and, and evaluate your the places that, that you've been in life. Exactly.
0: This little bullet guy has such a tall hat. I love him. He's so
2: cute. So so, so is this game on the PlayStation Store? Uh, Yes. Mm. I believe it's on almost every console as of 2017. And uh, I give it a pretty strong recommendation. But definitely, I mean, if you're not opposed to the Epic Games system, at least try it out there. And if you like it, then get it for your console of choice. It's $15 on on PSN. Yep. Mm. I'd say for that price, if you're if you've played Isaac before or similar type games and know that you're already gonna like it, I would say it's worth it. But I'd say trying it out on a PC is the way to go. That's what I'm doing, and I've.
0: How do you control it on PC? Are you using a controller or using keyboard?
2: So I usually am a controller guy, but okay. because I don't because I play normal console stuff, but because I'm on a PC, I've been doing. Uh, WASD with the the mouse, mouse and keyboard. Um, there is a lot of stuff happening with the left hand, uh, mm. but you can remap stuff as you see fit. So
0: awesome,
2: cool. Well, maybe That's I'll all ma- I need to know. Maybe I'll get this game.
0: You know? Yeah, it looks fun. I I've seen a lot of gameplay of this. I've been meaning to pick it up for so long. I just never did. Free is a much better price than fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Though.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Although as strange as it is, I probably would still get it on the PlayStation just because I like laying in my bed while I play. But um.
0: Yeah, it does look like a good Switch game. Like it looks like a good one that you could just play in your bed. Is, is there? And
2: an- I've heard it's more forgiving on like switches or like consoles where you don't have the option to have the mouse and keyboard. I think oh, there's a little bit awesome. of assist if needed. Is
1: there an end game to this, or do you just fight and fight and fight and fight, and there's no? And, 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 like, I, is is, like, is like, like is there a story that you're trying to, that you're trying to complete, or is it just one of those games where you just where you're
2: playing almost like arcade? It's from what I've f- figured out so far. It's mainly arcade. I'm sure there is a mode where once you beat the a run, you'll unlock additional challenges or stuff like that. But it's not. There's some semblance of a story and a mystery to it, but that's not the draw of the game. Okay. So I wouldn't go into it expecting that.
1: Well, I, I, this is not the first time I've heard someone talk about this. Some of, some of the podcasts I listened to talked about this way back in the day when it when it was coming out, and they mm-hmm. seem to really like it also. So, and I see that like the meta scores are pretty good. Yeah, they're. I mean. I may get it, you know. I mean, I'm definitely. You know what I'm not buying is the Final Fantasy VII Deluxe Edition that's now on the PS <laughs> on PSN for eighty dollars already. Eighty is not that bad. It doesn't come out for a. <laughs> that's for that's like, a lot. That's it doesn't lot, come out though. for nine months. It's so crazy. Yeah. But it is exciting to see that on there. Um. So what else is going on?
2: Man, you got this one.
0: Oh, you don't have anything else? I thought you had something that you wanted to I talk mean, about. Uh, f-
2: I'm I'm just keep on learning Japanese. Uh, I'm trying to. I've been neglecting my listening practices. Mm. I've been focusing on reading, and I don't. I'm finally taking the step. I've been trying to download some Japanese podcasts and stuff like that to try to hammer that in. So, people on the Discord, please talk to me in Japanese so I can learn. There are definitely
1: much. <laughs> there are a few people on there that that speak Japanese for sure. So definitely, awesome. All right, Mandy. Um,
0: I had a billion things to talk about, but yep. I'm gonna have to pick and choose because <laughs> I had a lot of shit happen over the past two weeks. But uh, one thing that I want to talk about was the Unavowed game. It is a point and click adventure game by Wadget Eye Games, and it's it was a very interesting one. It's like a an urban fantasy um, where, like at the beginning of the game, you get to choose different. Uh, backgrounds for your character which I thought was very unique a lot of point and click adventure games are like you have a very set character you don't really get to make a lot of choices about that it's more about uh, figuring out um, like different or solving mysteries or finding items they use different like going to different things solving puzzles this one you get to choose a background from a Bartender, there's a cop there, and there's an actor, and uh, you can either be male or female, and it, it's actually pretty cool because the um, story changes depending on which background you chose. I chose actress, and so at the beginning of the game, you uh, it's kind of like one of those where it starts at a specific point, and then you go back into the past. And so at the very, when you first turn it on, you are being held by uh, this woman who has like a scimitar to your throat and you're up on top of this building with, and there's like this really big thunderstorm going on and there's this guy in front of you and he's like trying to banish a demon from you. And then he's yelling at you. Remember who you are, and then you go back to the past, and that's where you get to play through your background story. And for the actress part, I haven't played the other one, so I haven't even finished my actress route yet. I've gotten pretty far into it, but I still haven't finished the game. But um, when you go back into the actress one, you uh, find out that the play that you're about to be that you're about to become a part of is the writer is trying to make massive script changes right before opening day and everyone's like, we're going to have to cancel a play because <laughs> this isn't going to work. The director and the writer have gone crazy. And then when you talk to him, uh, you find out that he found this book that gave him all this inspiration. When you look at the book, you suddenly become possessed by a demon. <laughs> and uh, then the demon in you ends up going on a, a murderous rampage. <laughs> and so then it goes back to you being on the roof and, um, you find out that there is, like, a demonic realm or, like, a spiritual realm. And then there's you are in the mundane realm. And then you meet all these different people who are what's called void-touched. And each of them are really different. The one with the scimitar, her name is Mondana, and she is part human, part jinn. And the guy that you meet is uh, a pyro, like a um, fire mage. And then you do meet other characters along the way, but the leader of the Unavowed is the Mandana's father, who is a Fujian. And so from there on, you are trying to backtrack... The uh, like where your demon was when he was possessing you and try to figure out what he was doing because he was opening up rifts letting demons in all this different stuff and so you're trying to figure out what his purpose was and try to fix everything that he caused and so you meet other characters along the way like you pick up a guy who uh, can see spirits and he has a little girl spirit that follows him around you can't see but he can talk to and her name's KK and then there's this other woman who's void touch means she can see everything that you guys are saying. She doesn't really seem to have any specific, like, uh, powers. She's just a really good detective with a lot of connections. So, when you go on missions, you can bring two characters with you. And depending on the characters you choose, you're going to have to solve um, things in the game differently. So I always bring the detective woman with me because with your demon ended up killing a lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of crime scenes. And so she can talk to detectives and get like uh, access to different information that you couldn't. And then I always bring Mondana with me because she, uh, as a djinn, she can only speak the truth. And hearing lies hurt her. So you can always tell somebody lying because she will tell you straight out that guy's lying to you because it causes me actual physical pain and Hmm. so yeah it's interesting like oh sorry
2: i've i've heard all the words you've said and i've understood them individually (laughs) but together this is just forming this massive kaleidoscope of influences that i cannot even imagine what this game is like to play
0: yeah, like if you bring like the spirit guy with you, you can all of a sudden see ghosts, and he can talk to them and get information from them. The fire mage guy can manipulate fire, so he can do different things for you, um, like if you need something burned or if, uh, yeah, if you needed like something heated up, so on. I hardly ever bring the fire mage with me. So I just like don't like him.
2: <laughs> any other game series, or have you played anything else by this developer?
0: Um, let me see what else this developer has created. They've created a lot of indie games. Because this just sounds wild. But I don't think I have. You know,
1: I I, I normally play in like Gemini Rue?
0: Of... I guess that's a no. No one's no. heard of that one. Yeah, no. no.
1: See, that's what I'm talking about. Like I, I I normally play in the space of these games that a lot, most people have heard of. Like right now, I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven still, etc. It's like every time, Mandy, every time you talk about games and stuff that you're playing, I feel like I get an education on what else is out there. Like I'm really, yeah. like I really learn a lot about these games. Like there's a whole other world, a whole other universe of games that exist that I have never even stepped foot on. And and now, thanks to you, I am mere, mere small decisions away from buying Total War: Three Kingdoms, which has which has come out and is really yeah. good. So uh, if if you never see me again, it's your fault.
0: You're oh, welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very story-rich game. It's interesting uncovering the story, and it does have branching paths. So your choices and how you solve things are going to change how characters re- like react to you, their um, like how they perceive you, and it's going to ultimately affect the ending of the game. Um, I mean,
2: does choosing a different background or character drastically change the overall story, or just like the encounters and endings within it? Like, is it still all contained within the same framework?
0: Yeah, you know, I haven't played the other one, so I'm not sure how much it changes, but so far there have been a lot of people who recognize you as an actress, and then you can get different things from them, and you can also try to manipulate people by acting. So I don't know how drastically it will change. Gotcha. it will report you, like, choose...
2: back once, once you get there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when okay. you like choose like a cop or a bartender, I'm not sure how much it changes past that. Or if it even changes when you switch from like male to female. I have no idea. But hmm. uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Something that I do like that it does differently than other point-and-click adventure games. Other point-and-click adventure games that I've played... Uh, there you always have like an interact option <clears throat> excuse me interact option or a an inspection option and when you go around and inspect things your character will read off something and a lot of it so many times it has nothing to do with anything <laughs> it's, it's always a, it's like just oh yeah text yeah exactly it's like oh that's beautiful day outside or something stupid you know or what they think about like a plant. It's Dumb. But in the Unavowed, you can move your cursor over things, and it'll give you the flavor text on the bottom. So it's like, this has absolutely nothing to do with the game, but you still have that flavor text. <laughs> like You don't have to waste your time it's, clicking it's not on everything. It's slowing
2: down your experience exactly. as much as some others.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like- it's not like clicking on every single thing to see if the character just so happens to go, oh, actually, there's a piece of paper in there. No, it's like, if there is something there for you to pick up and examine, it will tell you this is an action.
1: <laughs> it's almost like a quality so yeah, of life issue. It,
0: yeah. makes,
1: it simplifies your game for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Okay, well... it's
0: available on Steam. I don't know if it's on anything else. I, I have no idea. I haven't looked it up.
1: Which, uh, Do you, what else of the one billion things that you've done... In the last two weeks do you want to discuss
0: hmm well this... we could talk about mo dao zushi since mason has watched some of it
1: mo dao yeah, zushi okay
0: so uh what is that I hopefully i'm <laughs> pronouncing that correctly mo dao zushi is a chinese anime and i actually ended up enjoying the first season a lot more than i thought i was going to when i started it <laughs> and it was actually thanks to mason who recommended it to me uh a few other people recommended it to me, but um, yeah, so Modao Zushi does also the thing where it starts at a specific point and then it'll go back into the past. So at, when it first starts off, you there is this guy who gives up his life to let a spirit possess him. And at this point in the story, it's a complete mystery. We know nothing about this spirit. We know nothing about the person who just sacrificed himself. We don't know anything about this world. And the spirit that possesses him realizes that this guy wanted revenge. Uh, and I think, was it three or four different people? I thought it was and four. It was a four. Um, so he has, like, marks on his arm, four different marks. And as these people uh, die, the marks disappear. So he realizes, oh... He wanted me to exact revenge because even the spirit, when he possesses him, his name is Wei, um, has no idea why this person resurrected him. He's like, I don't know him. (laughs) So he doesn't know what exactly he wanted from him, but realizes he probably wanted revenge. And the only thing we know about this spirit at this point is that he can resurrect zombies and control them or dead people and turn them into zombies and control them. And as it goes on through the first two episodes, we find out that he um, knows these other characters that we come across, and that they might have some kind of history where dealing with why he died. And so um, it goes back into the past where way first, like 13 years in the past, where he is still alive. And then we get to figure out, uh, find out how he knows all these different characters. And it's revolves around these, what's called spiritual, um, oh, what is it called, cultivators. And so they can, similar to like Ki, I think, where they can manipulate spiritual, um, energy. And so, but Wei realizes he wants to go down this path where he's like, what, why can't we manipulate negative energy? And they're like, no, that's called the heretic pack. You're you're not supposed to ever touch a negative energy, out of you know, like when people um, Hmm. die in like really dramatic ways, it releases a like negative energy, and he Mm -hmm. wants to manipulate manipulate that. And they're like, no, you can't do that. It'll just send you down a really bad path. And at this point in the show, at least for me, I don't know about Mason. I was like, is this going to be like a very typical uh, kind of because they're all talking about demons. So is this going to be like a really like typical demon sort of anime where these, you know, there's these spiritual people who try to get rid of demons? Is that how you also felt at the very beginning?
2: I mean, so first, I want to make a correction. It was it, you're right. It was three people he had to get revenge mm. on. I, I thought you were talking about, like, the four clans. that like. Oh, no, 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 no. Gotcha. But it's, I mean, not to get into the synopsis, but it's very much a weird mix of, like, this very intense, like, mystical battle intermixed yeah. with, like, ancient Chinese, like, culture and, like, just comedy. And yeah. it interweaves all three of these components with, like, a really lovable main character. So it's just a weird aesthetic that, is blended together with, like, gorgeous animation and visuals and music. And it's just a cool experience. And season two is coming out next
0: season. Season, yeah. So. But, yeah, uh, the very first two episodes, I thought this is going to be, like, a very typical demon. It's not. It's not like that at all. No. As it goes on. It's definitely inventive. Yeah as it goes on through way's backstory you realize oh there are these uh four clans that don't get along and then you find out there's a lot of political struggle between them it gets really interesting as it goes on and i i was through like very invested in it by the end and at the end of the first season we're not even done with way's backstory and i'm like there's so much more to cover i want to know i i have to see season two
2: I mean, all the characters have, like, a ton of depth and, like, charm to them. And it's just a joy to watch them interact and play off one another.
0: Yeah. Very strong, uh, um, like, brotherly bonds as well.
2: Yeah. So just because it's not, quote-unquote, anime, whatever you define that to be, uh, don't sleep on it.
0: Yeah. That was it. (laughs) That's all I have.
2: Now I want to hear about how Mitsugi almost died. All right.
0: Oh, no. I didn't know you almost died.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll let you decide. So I climbed a mountain called Gray's Peak, which I have this, like, lofty dream of climbing uh, all of the 14ers in Colorado, of which there are 50, I think 58 of them. So I have a long way to go because this was my first one. So I wanted to start off with a really easy one. This is a class one mountain, which means that it's, it's the kind of thing that people, you know,
2: anybody can pretty much do it. Uh, anyone from Florida could even do this.
1: That's pretty much <laughs> everybody who's even used to, to sweating in their underwear. So the the mountain. So the conditions on the mountain were very bad, and I would say, you know, me not knowing generally anything about uh, mountain climbing, especially in Colorado, you know, it's kind of just walking in with a very. Amateurish, amateurish level of information and so for all i knew the massive amount of snow that was surrounding the mountain and on the mountain was totally normal but apparently that's not the case so normally this mountain has you know it's about a it's five six mile hike you know towards the top of the mountain and there's a there's like a dirt trail that's lined with like rocks that lead you all the way from steven's gulch which i'm learning a gulch is like a a stream or like a valley with a stream in it that has like all the way from the bridge that goes over Stevens gulch all the way meandering through this like valley all the way up to them, all the way up the mountain There's supposed to be a path, but there was so much snow on the ground that I didn't, wasn't even aware that that, that a path existed at all. And so, and the only way I was even able to find my way um, and uh, uh, Katie from the discord went with me up, up the mountain Um Oh, cool. She had trail. She had all trails, which is a really great uh, cell phone app that will not only give you a map of the trail, but it'll also tell you like how, how far you've gone, your elevation gain, the your the pitch that you've been that you've been uh, like you know what what grade is the mountain you know like how steep is it etc. So like we couldn't see the trail, but we had all trails, which was which was helping us to kind of make sure that we were at least generally on the right path. Now, the problem, we weren't really prepared for all the snow. So there's three devices that people wear on their feet to deal with snow. One of them is called a gaiter, I think. A gaiter is the maybe hmm. the right term. And it basically stretches under your shoe and hooks onto your calf. And what it does is that it prevents snow and water and stuff from getting down inside your shoes. Now I bought I bought a really nice pair of Merrill brand uh, hiking boots that are like I feel like the Terminator when I'm wearing them because they're so just like durable. You just feel like a unit. <laughs> it's awesome. Like they, they 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 just feel great. But they didn't they don't have a natural way of keeping water and snow from getting down inside your shoes. The other thing the other main thing that we could have used were snowshoes because the problem people kept we kept seeing people turning back on the trail as we were going. And they kept, I mean, we kept talking to them. It's like, you know, what's up? How is it? It's like, oh, you know, a mile up, we turned back because we because we, we were post-holing. For those of you that, that don't know what post-holing means, it means that you take a step in the snow and your leg goes straight through it, up to whatever depth the snow is. Um, in this case, the post-holing was about up to my waist, so it, the snow was about two and a half to three feet thick, or deep, or whatever.
2: But just um, super light and fluffy, so you just sink in it.
1: Yeah, well, some of the snow was very firm, and you could walk on it, and you would maybe sink down five inches, and then, okay. and then all of a sudden you would take a step, and boom, you'd go all the way through it. Um, and so it's it makes walking towards the mountain very difficult. And if we had if we had, if we had had snowshoes, which are very expensive, by the way, um, we could have walked on the snow like it was concrete, and would have been our lives would have been so much easier. But we hadn't no, we had none of that. So the approach to the mountain was pretty tough. You know, we we walked probably through that kind of snow for several miles. Um, and when we, when we finally got to the mountain, we had no way. Like The trail normally just kind of zigzags its way up the mountain, but the whole, the whole face of the mountain is covered in snow. Um, and we don't know where the trail is, and we don't know how deep the snow is, and I don't know what's under the snow. We don't really trust it. So there's like a really nasty uh, uh, ridge of rocks that, that kind of goes to the left of where the trail is supposed to be. And we didn't really see any other option but to just kind of invent our own trail up this mountain. And so we took, we took on the Ridge of Rocks, which if you can imagine uh, probably 300 meters of just you know, of gradually increasing in elevation, just massive boulders and rocks where, all, where, all, where off the left side of the ridge is just a cliff, right? And then the right side is mostly a cliff as well, except it's more gra- gradual, so you'd probably survive if you fell off the right side. And, um, Sounds
2: exhausting. She brought yeah.
1: her. She brought her. <laughs> d- she brought her dog with with her, and that dog was badass as shit. Um, this little, <laughs> this little like forty five pound uh, shepherd husky is like you know c- going through the boulders and 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 you know I had to lift it up. Um, there was one spot where there was a crevice where the rocks there was like where the rocks ended, and then there was like. Um, maybe a four foot to five foot gap and then more rocks and it just continued. But in between the gap, there was snow, of course. And I had no idea how deep the snow was. I no idea if it would hold me. So I'm basically like, like hanging on to the, to the side of one of the rock um, walls, testing it with my feet to see if it'll hold me. And thankfully it would, it was pretty firm snow. So I kind of walked across, picked the little dog up and helped the dog up you know, the ledge and we continued. Um, yeah, we were actually able to call my mother uh, at one point up the mountain, like I had signal, I had service nowhere, and except this one spot where I had full, b- where I had full bars, I was even able to FaceTime her and show her the mountain range, which is absolutely just breathtaking. And I and I and I can did I were we were either of you able to see any of the photos
2: that I um that I posted? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. were, it looks like you took like a panorama where you like p-
1: yeah, I mean stitched yeah. them together. That was awesome. Just breathtaking um so we go up the mountain and we're not on the trail at all we're way we're way to the left of it and and we're way behind because we were it took so long to get through the snow and 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 on these mountains supposedly every day it thunderstorms they say every day it does i I don't know if that's true or not but it supposedly always happens like uh early to mid afternoon like one to two three o'clock and so it's about Mm, 12 30 and we are just now getting to like the actual climbing of the mountain and we started at about 8 a.m and you know we're already tired and unsure if we're gonna be able to do it because everybody said every we passed probably 12 people that just said you're not gonna be able to make it you know you're too late it's too late in the day too much post holing it's too dangerous whatever etc but the problem with katie and i are that is that we're we're both unbelievably stubborn we're both Leos and. We re- <laughs> uh, aren't good at. Me too. Are you, are you stubborn as well, Mandy? Because this might be a leader. I don't thing. know. You tell me. <laughs> well, ca- come climb a mountain with me and we'll find out.
0: Uh, oh, no. I'd die. No thanks.
1: Well, we I, one of these days, I, we're going to die as well.
2: I can't even imagine doing a 14K. Because, like, I l- lived in the Midwest my whole life. Like, there's no hills out there. And now I live in the Northeast and, like, the tallest. Mountain we have, which I did climb, was Mount Washington, and that's like a shade over six thousand. And was that the hardest thing in the world? No, but like, to more than double that, plus the conditions you went through, it sounds fun. But well, I'm not tough.
1: I'm not done yet, right? So <laughs> uh, and so, so it isn't the full fourteen thousand feet that you climbed, by the way. Uh, the, the 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 app said yeah. the app said we climbed four hundred and thirty stories. So that's, like, 4,000 feet or whatever. But um, so we're going up this mountain, and the only way we even managed was, like, you know, we said, okay, we're going to go to that spot, and we'll rest. That spot, and we'll rest. Because, like, there are points where I'm lightheaded because we're up really high. You know, I'm used to zero or negative zero, um, you know, negative elevation in Florida. I mean, now I'm suddenly at, like, 3,000, 13,000 feet. And, you know, by, by checkpointing and resting and checkpointing and resting every, you know, 200, 300 feet, you you eventually get there. And the problem was that we got about, we were about 200 meters from the summit when two more people came down off the summit with their like ski poles and stuff. Some people were skiing off the mountain, by the way, They're badass as hell. And they're like, Oh, well the storms, like we can see the black clouds coming over the mountain and we're, we're on it. And there's no cover at all. Nothing. There's no trees, no rocks and nothing. You are the, you are the tallest, the object at any given place on the mountain. And if lightning starts to come, I don't know what you do uh, to avoid being struck by lightning. I'm not really sure exactly. Fortunately, it wasn't. It was snowing, and so as the guy who came off the mountain said, uh, it doesn't really lightning when it's snowing. Thankfully, now what it did do was was blow some pretty hardcore wind at us. Um, The wind was so strong, about 200 meters from the summit, that I actually. Took the leash and put it on the dog's collar, and, and then hooked the other end of the leash around my belt because I wanted to literally tether the, tether the dog to me because I was worried the dog would be blown off the mountain. Um, oh yeah. And it's just a 45 pound dog, and so there we are. Like we're we're so close. I mean, we've been we've been climbing for like six hours, and all we want to do is get to the top and say we did it, and we only have like 200 feet left. And it's, it's, it's hard to turn around at that point,
2: but it's so. Especially when it's your first one and you're like, I gotta get off like this huge journey on the right foot. Yeah.
1: And when you're so stubborn, right? Cause we're it's yeah, ridiculous. Neither of us would ever admit that we were scared whatever, even though I definitely was. Cause the wind, the gusts are like 40, 50 miles an hour. At one point we were like basically just huddling the three of us, just like holding onto each other and sitting on the ground, like just trying to not die and then the wind and then the gust would stop and we'd tackle another 50 feet. And then the gust would stop and we'd do another 50 feet. And eventually we got to the top. I took a really terrible picture because there's like, you can't see anything because it's just foggy and windy and rainy <laughs> at the top at this point. But we took the picture. We stayed at the top for about a minute, turned around, went straight back down. Um, and of course, the trip down is much easier.
2: How and, long did the descent take?
1: Um, it took take. to get off the mountain itself I think it took about maybe an hour to get off the mountain. Wow. To get off the mountain. There was a lot of walking after that. But the yeah. funny thing is that on the way back, a lot of the snow had melted. And it was like a whole different freaking place. Like the path that wasn't there was suddenly visible. The, like the the rolling hills and like the, sign, the signposts and stuff that were supposed to be there, they were suddenly there. Uh, it was just unbelievable, and you and we really could see like how much easier it would have been to do this mountain had there had it not been covered in snow. Um, and I think if we had go, if we if we were to go there again, like in the middle of July, I'm guessing the snow would be gone. And the moral of the story is to go online and look up people's accounts of the weather conditions, um, because you know even though it's a class one, when you're kind of inventing more dangerous paths such as that rock ridge, which I'm telling you, like one one little one little screw up, and you're gonna you're something bad could happen. Um, and then like all the post-holing, and oh, and when we got back to the car at about 7 p.m., our both we took our shoes off, and both of our feet were just straight blue and purple because they were so frozen from Bang. from having just from just having your legs just go straight down into the snow, which happened to me a lot because with my backpack I'm probably pushing 180 190 ish. Um, and of course drying them off, putting on cl- clean socks and putting them in the, in the heater and in, in the car, you know, and about an hour they're back to normal, but I was kind of scared. You know, I thought maybe, yeah. uh, Katie had, Katie had a black toenail uh, that I think is back to normal Oof. now, but I was like, I was like, man, you know, if we had been out there another four or five hours, you know, do we have frostbite? You know, I, I really didn't yeah, know. Very easily. So um, it was a pretty intense first mountain, a class one mountain that I don't know what it really was based on the conditions and the route that we took, but I would probably call it like a two, like a middle grade two, I'm guessing. Um, Gray's Peak is, just to give you like the elevation and stuff, I have it here somewhere. Um, it sounds,
2: this sounds like the genesis of the next hobby.
1: Yeah, it, it may be. Gray's Peak is 14,278 feet. It is the 39th highest point in North America and it is the 10th tallest mountain in Colorado. So, and it's not far off of being the tallest cuz the tallest one is only um 150 feet higher. So, uh a lot of the a lot of the Colorado mountains are like between 14,000 and 14,500 feet. So, it was pretty intense. It was very intense. and uh like, I feel okay now though. I could probably go like for a mountain bike ride today, but yesterday I just wanted to lay in bed and do nothing, which so I played Disgaea 1 on the PS4 like all day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that you earned great. it. You earned it. And ate an entire extra large Papa John's pizza. That's
2: that's the best time to like laze out and just like play video games and eat unhealthies after you've yeah. Done, like Yeah. When you're feeling so accomplished. It. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: <laughs> well, c- awesome.
1: According to the app, it was something like 3500 calories burned. Um, and I was like, that's just like silly. Oh, and the steepest grade we hit was 56%. I'm not really sure how to visualize, how to like describe that. Um, but it's like definitely hands and knees. Like you're on your, you're yeah. like,
2: yeah, you're,
1: you're on your hands and knees. Well, I was
2: going to, I was going to ask you what class of mountain do you start needing like more equipment to help scale?
1: So, um, we're going to do one in a couple of weeks called Mount Bierstad, which is a class two. Um, and it has a sawtooth ridge, which connects to another mountain called Mount Evans. And that's a class two, but the sawtooth ridge is a class three area because it's, it's a ridge that connects the two mountain peaks. And if you fall off of it, you're going to die pretty much. Um, we're, I think we'll look at it and see it and see like, if it looks too dangerous to do. Yeah. Cause I mean, I do have a sense of not wanting to die. Um, but the, the other thing that like people get, they, they buy these things called crampons which are yeah I've seen those for those people listening that don't know what a crampon is a picture you know people people put chains on their car tires something that they're usually not supposed to but some people do a crampon is like an attachment that goes on the bottom of your shoe and it puts like lethal looking spikes on the bottom and the front, and the toe of your shoe so you can literally kick your your foot into like an into like an ice wall and just walk up a wall of ice cuz you're kicking your mm-hmm. you, like it's got these picture like Really medieval looking golf cleats. Sort of. That. You so know. it's
2: like baseball spikes, but like four or five times longer.
1: Yeah, they're and they go off on the front too. Mean so you, can, and you mean. Yeah, mean. Like you could really mess someone's day up. Um, those aren't that expensive though. Like, um, snowshoes run like four hundred bucks for good ones. Um, Don't you just
2: buy tennis rackets? That's what the comics <laughs> always told me. <laughs> I,
1: I you know what? I'll tell you I'll tell you something. The other this other on Friday, I would have taken some tennis rackets. I don't know how effective. <laughs> I would duct tape tennis rackets to my. I I tried like I I zip tied around my around my ankles trying to trying to trying to just anything to keep the snow out and it was just impossible. So, but it was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and if anybody listening wants to come to Colorado and climb a mountain, let's do it. There's like a million of them. There's like literally a million. I'm on this website that has all of the all of the mountain ranges in North America that are like tall. Colorado's got 83 of them that are worth noting apparently. So. Eighty-three. And you've got at least,
2: you've got at least fifty-seven more to climb in your fourteen-k uh, club.
1: Yeah, there's eighty-three of them that are above twelve thousand feet. it Looks like so, and some of these mountains just look absolutely menacing. Wow. Yeah, some of the, I'm looking at this one called called Mount Saint Elias, and it looks like you would just die for sure. Like I, I feel like I'm <laughs> gonna die looking at the picture. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. and that's the second tallest point in. Nope, Mount Saint Elias is the fourth tallest point in North America. Anyway, that's my story. So I had another one. I was going to talk about some mountain this crazy mountain biking trip that I went on, but I didn't almost die doing that. So
2: yeah, you I'll can't follow it. up that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And the moral of the story is leave earlier so you don't get caught in a lightning storm, and, uh, and be a
2: Leo so
1: you're stubborn enough to do yeah. it. Yeah, and get some <laughs> ga- get some gaiters so your shoes don't end up full of snow but it was fun. And if anybody lives in Colorado and wants to do any of this stuff, just hit me up on Discord. And uh, we'll see we'll see. Oh, I also found high-quality ramen in Denver. Oh,
2: yep. Bless. Bless. Yep. Okay, now you convince me now. I, I I'll I'll come visit. I oh, it was, it was <laughs> it
0: was the food. It I'm was sorry, like, <laughs> someone's ringing my bell.
1: Ring it. You hear you hear a little ringy dingy? Um yeah, good ramen. Like like rich thick spicy broth and home and handmade noodles and big ass pieces of like pork with that are like tender it it, it was solid it was solid and they and they sold okonomiyaki fries so Mm -hmm. it was like it was like the french fries with the okonomiyaki okonomiyaki sauces and um bonito flakes and some stuff as an appetizer it was a good place it's called osaka ramen um a little expensive, but i mean, it seems like ramen always is in the states. So. It is. It is. So you so there you go, you can come visit and have ramen for sure. All right. That's my story and i'm sticking to it. Anybody else want to say anything before we wrap this up? This pretty long hobby addicts.
2: Yeah. That's a good first entry into the legacy of the the mountain the climbing. Mountain climbing.
1: I don't know that i'll talk about mountain climbing again until i have something like unique to discuss. Um, cause I mean, there's only so many stories you can tell about climbing up rocks and stuff before people, uh, you know, fall asleep, but <laughs> all right guys. And in any, in any event, we got to go do the, uh, the actual main podcast, but for all of you that listened in and that are supporting the podcast, of course, we thank you for that. And I hope you continue to enjoy listening to us nerd out about like, you know, whatever the hell we do in our lives. And, uh, big thanks to Enzo or
2: not Enzo sorry Mason
1: <laughs> Menzo's always here remember
2: I, I I, am just Enzo just why do you think we've never shown up on the same podcast
1: we well guess? you're not that far apart Connecticut is not that far exactly. from New York City so we're the same
2: age we're the same person it's just facts
1: big thanks to Mason and uh, for Mandy who I think is answering her door we'll see you next week on Hobby Addicts so take care
2: see you everyone bye
0: sorry I just got back <laughs> <laughs>